All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we will be talking about an A24 movie. You know I get excited about those. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind you all, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. And join us on Facebook in the Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. Uh, we have all kinds of great conversations in there, and we would love for you to be a part of them. And you can follow us on social media as well, at PiecingPod. Uh, what else is going on? We made it through that busy, busy October. Um, wow, we did a lot of episodes, and a lot of you were downloading them. I want to thank you all so much for the support. Um, you guys really are awesome. <laughs> so I want to thank you again so much. Uh, and if there's anything we could do to make this show better for you, please get in touch and let us know. Uh, so... With that said, we got a bunch of new episodes coming to you now in November, and we're getting into award season, so we're going to have a lot of those kind of movies as well. But first, we got a movie we actually, there's a little uh, behind the scenes thing, but we recorded this episode a few months ago. Uh, we are going to be talking about Never Going Back, an indie comedy that, uh, like I said, A24 put this out. It's about two stoner chicks and the adventures they get into. And uh, it, it's a wild, crazy movie. It's a lot of fun. And we actually recorded it right when it left theaters. And because it left theaters, I was like, you know what? Let's just hold on to this one until it goes on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and on demand and all that. And it has now just hit on demand. And so we are releasing it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about Never Going Back with returning co-host Josh Bell. So back with us again on the show, Josh Bell. How you doing, Josh? I'm great because I'm here on this podcast. Yes. That always makes my day. All right, <laughs> man. Well, that, that makes me happy. I'm going through all these computer issues over here as we were just talking about before I started rolling, but I'm looking forward to having a good time talking to you about movies. Yeah, man. I think so. <laughs> and uh, this was a fun movie. I think uh, we'll have a lot to talk about with it. The movie is Never Going Back. Go in with an apostrophe after yes, the end yes. there, yeah, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's a movie about two girls who. Well, I already went into that in the pre-show thing, so you know, I think we could just kind of jump into the craziness that this movie was. You okay. know, um, why don't you go ahead first with your first puzzle piece? Uh, okay, well, this is obviously a stoner movie, so I have sure. a few stoner-related things, and my first is uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Awesome, um, which. Not only is there the stoner aspect to it, but is also a movie about two close friends who um, are kind of at a crossroads in their lives. And um, it's another story. Um, I've seen uh, there was a I think an AV Club article from a few years ago that, that designated movies like this as as into the night movies where the characters kind of go on this meandering quest for something sure maybe somewhat inconsequential but they're they're increasingly uh absurd and or dangerous detours are kind of like <laughs> the point of the movie yeah and um uh, never going back takes place over the course of several days um which is not necessarily the template for these movies but i think it has a similar structure and harold and kumar is definitely a movie like that where they decide on the simple thing of we have to go get 
White Castle, and it turns into this insane odyssey of all of these digressions and obstacles and things that they encounter, and over the course of which they re-examine their friendship and their relationship and, yeah. you know, learn things and whatever. And I think similarly in this movie, they're on this kind of quest to get the money so that they can go on their vacation and engage yeah. in all these detours and difficulties and end up in jail and so on and so forth. And I think the the core friendship, though, especially the friendship built on this kind of shared fondness for getting high sure um is is very similar to what we see in in harold and kumar yeah it's also um they're both movies that make you go oh my god these people like you know <laughs> yeah, like, while yeah, you're watching yeah. them you're like oh my god are they just freaking ridiculous um but no i think that's a good one too and yeah i mean this very much is a stoner movie and it's a uh it's also uh, like you were just saying with your description. What do you call it? Into the night. Yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense because yeah, it's it's like a uh, a journey where the point really doesn't isn't the point. It's you know it's right. just an excuse to set them up on crazy wild adventures along the way. Yes, trying to get there, and they probably don't even care if they're getting there or not. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, you know, kind of my my first puzzle piece uh, kind of goes along with that, and it's more of like one of these uh, buckets that we sometimes uh, talk about, where it's a bunch of movies in one. Okay, um, Judd Apatow movies, um, which I think share a similar uh, stoner sensibility a lot of the time, um, but also they kind of mix lowbrow humor with an emotional core, you know, um, which is you know Judd Apatow. That's definitely his thing. You know, he's kind of. I wouldn't say he invented it, but he certainly, for the past, you know, decade, almost two now, has been kind of perfecting it and making it a huge thing in movies. And this movie is very much as much about uh, the craziness and the raunchiness and the ridiculousness as much as it is this friendship between these two girls. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And I think... Um... Well, I had I had Superbad on my list, and is nice. that, that's a Judd Apatow sure production, is. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. And especially, I don't know, especially maybe earlier Apatow productions, I think maybe he's tried to diversify himself a little more. The last couple. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. A little. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, super bad, definitely, which is about, you know, the two teenage friends. And it is also very much an into the night movie. Sure. Where they're on the quest to go to this party and they encounter all sorts of obstacles and have to examine their friendship. and. They're about to go off to college, and obviously the characters in Never Going Back are definitely not going to college, sure. but they're certainly at that same <laughs> life stage yeah. where they're going to do something yeah. because their high school experience has ended because they have dropped out of high school. Right, right. And there's a lot of weed in both of those. Yes, that <laughs> is certainly the case. Definitely nice. a lot of weed there. Uh, what would your uh, next puzzle piece be? Um, okay, well, if we want to we'll, we'll skip past Super Bad. Um, and, and speaking of weed still, uh, my next, uh, pick is Smiley Face with Anna Faris, um, oh, yeah. which I love that movie is so funny, yeah. uh, is I think one of the most underrated like stoner movies, uh, slash female driven comedies sure. and, um, Anna Faris is amazing in that movie, um, as this, this kind of. Um, it's not a buddy movie like uh, Never Going Back is. It's really mm. a solo thing for her. But it's another movie where the character is kind of on this basic quest. Um, yeah. She's got to pay her roommate back for these uh, pot 
cupcakes that she has accidentally or not really accidentally uh, eaten the entire plate of. Uh, and she has to go to an audition and she has to like pay her electric bill or some really basic life tasks that she, of course, completely fails at doing sure. because she's gotten incredibly high <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. But it's a weirdly like hopeful movie about the sort of wonder of the universe as filtered through this somewhat dim-witted woman mm. and her, her complete uh, stonedness. Um, and in Never Going Back, there is the bit where they accidentally eat the pot-laced cookies and they get much higher than sure. they plan to. And they're kind of, you see them, they go to their the diner where they work and you see their perspective of like the, the sort of, uh, again, you know, maybe the wonder or the the distorted nature of what they're seeing in contrast with reality. There's a lot of that in Smiley Face too. Um, and it's just a great movie. I think that not enough people have seen. How long ago was that? I remember that movie. Um, it's 2007. I want to say sounds about right. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say like about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was, uh, that was like pretty early on for like a female driven, um, like, you know, girls can do it too kind right. of a movie, right. you know, which right. there certainly wasn't before that very much of that, you yeah. know, nowadays it's actually become kind of a big thing. That's the reason why I'm asking is because my next puzzle piece, another one of these buckets here is, uh, just this modern generation of female led raunchy comedies. Um, there's a whole bunch of them from like train wreck, bridesmaids, uh, sisters, bad moms, uh, how to be single. Um, and while, you know, this one certainly takes things to much, uh, I, w I would say crazier places and much more raunchy places. And certainly I, I think it's not concerned with riding that line with being a mainstream movie, you know, right. um, I, certainly those kind of movies, I think have to be inspirations and they've paved the way for these, this kind of movie to get made. Yeah, because there there hasn't been many um many big female led comedies like this, and so it, it's it's interesting that that's something that's happening now. And clearly, I mean, there's some great ones, there's some terrible ones too. Sure, but that's kind of a uh, that's kind of comedy in general nowadays. It's really hard to make a good comedy yeah. nowadays, and that's why I think I mean I think this is better than most of those movies that Definitely. you just named. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's a shame that this movie seems to have kind of been buried. Yeah, uh, even among like indie film connoisseurs, it's yeah. an A twenty four release, which and I know you're a huge A twenty four fan, yeah. and they usually do a really good job of kind of shepherding these smaller movies to the audience that would want to see them. But yeah. it seems like this movie just hasn't gotten that level of promotion and hasn't gotten that level of release. And even though critically, I think it's done fairly well, it maybe hasn't done as well right. as some of their other movies. And I don't know, watching this, I was like, there's no reason why somebody who loves any of those movies that you just named yeah. wouldn't love this movie. It's Absolutely. not a weird, inaccessible art movie no, in any way. Not at all. Not at all. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's It's got a lot of great like humor, a lot of great, uh, you know, just crazy moments and great performances by the two leads and yeah. as well as the, the, the cast of all the other people that they encounter, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of fun characters along the way, you know? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's hopefully like I could see this as a movie that if it finds an audience that the people who love it will watch it over and over and over again and will quote lines from it. And, you know, just like people do with, with super bad and, and other like Judd Apatow films. I hope so. You know, it, it might be a Kyle Mooney curse uh, because <laughs> nobody watched Brigsby Bear either. Last Which was year. also a really good movie. It was. Brigsby Bear was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
I've never seen any Saturday Night Live with him on it uh, because I don't really watch it ever. He yeah. is on that, right? Yeah, he is. I, yeah. Think, I don't watch the show, but yeah. I'll watch some you know, sketches yeah. online. I'm sure I've seen him in so stuff. His movie career, I guess, is just like he's going to make movies that are pretty damn good, and then they just kind of get hidden from the world. Yeah, and know. he's really the biggest name in this movie, too. <laughs> yeah, Even he though is. he's not exactly a big name. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what, what would your next puzzle piece oh, be? Oh, okay. So... Um, Returning to kind of the into the night uh, theme, my next uh, piece is Adventures in Babysitting um, nice. with Elizabeth Shue, not the Disney Channel remake that came out a couple years ago, which I actually have not seen. So maybe I should cite that one. I don't know. Um, but the original Adventures in Babysitting from, I think, 1987, um, very much an into the night movie where uh, Elizabeth Shue has to go pick up. I think she has to pick up her friend at the airport, like mm-hmm. the most basic of tasks. Yeah. And, you know, sort of uh, bringing along these unruly kids that she's got to babysit, including a teenager and encountering all sorts of crazy obstacles. And and it is a coming of age thing for sure. her. Again, it's less of a buddy movie than this one is. Yeah. And it's certainly... I, I guess a broader or more, I don't know if it's really a family friendly movie, but it's, it's a little sillier sure. than this movie. I loved it as a kid, but yeah, I did too. And I think I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I Me think too. I have seen it as an adult and I don't know if I have, I think it, it held up. I, I can't say for sure. Cause it still has been a while, but I, yeah. I think I remember it, it actually still being pretty enjoyable. One of uh, Chris Columbus's better films. Sure. Um, and Elizabeth Shue, who kind of has dipped into obscurity, um, a lot of fun in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, I'm just laughing here because I'm I'm picturing um, great movie, absolutely. But I'm picturing people watching Adventures in Babysitting back then, 20 years ago or whatever, or how long? Like 25 or something? 30. Even 30. Yeah. yeah oh my god. Yeah. I think, yeah. 30 years ago imagining that we're eventually going to get to never going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a long road, yeah. but I feel like there's a, there's yeah. a, a, a through line there. Um, Drugs and shit. And I mean, they, 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 they get into some, some hairy situations. Sure. She was in babysitting. Uh, they sure did. Yeah. Um, right on. That's a good one. Um, so my next one is actually uh, Kevin Smith. Um, just the way that he, Handles characters. I guess this would be another bucket, although I mean specifically chasing Amy and Mallrats, the the female characters in Mallrats, um, but uh, or even Clerks too. So I guess yeah, it is kind yeah. of another bucket. But um, but yeah, the way he handles these like very raw, real women who aren't like the typical uh, movie star characters. You know, they're they're real and they talk real and you know all that kind of stuff. And and they're you know nuts a lot of times so right yeah yeah i mean and i think you could even parallel these characters and never going back with the male characters oh yeah absolutely that too yeah that's actually a good point yeah the clerks and clerks who are working these dead-end jobs Mm -hmm. they don't want to go to but that's kind of all they have going in their lives yeah um you know that's that's very similar to what's going on with these characters and the the indulgent. I don't know if you ever do we ever see the boss in clerks? I think he just talks to the boss on the phone, maybe. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, the 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 indulgent boss who knows that the employees are complete screw ups, but yeah. has a soft spot for them anyway. <laughs> I feel like in an alternate universe when Kevin Smith kept making great films, he'd eventually <laughs> have made Never Going Back. 
It, yeah, I it's, think yeah. it's his sensibility in a right, lot of ways. Right. Yeah, that that's possible. But instead, he made yoga hosers. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So my next piece is um a movie called Fort Tilden from I want to say maybe two or three years ago hmm. that um not a lot of people saw, which is a shame because it's really really funny. It's a great comedy about female friendship um Hmm. with two characters who they're a little older they're probably in their early to mid 20s um and it's a much drier comedy and and whereas i think in never going back and you mentioned this a little when we were talking about harold and kumar where the characters are maybe kind of exasperating because you're like oh what are you doing now yeah you know they're maybe not the smartest people in the world but i think they're still always likable and sympathetic uh in this movie or at least i found them that way um, whereas in Fort Tilden, the characters are very much like horrible, horrible people. Um, and that's kind of like the point of the movie that there's sure. these incredibly entitled, like Brooklyn hipsters, um, who are oblivious to their own privilege. Um, and that's, what's funny about it. Um, but it's another kind of into the night movie where they decide that they're going to go to the beach to Fort Tilden, which is a beach, um, in, I think in Brooklyn or somewhere in New York. Um, and they get waylaid by a million different things over the course of the movie. Um, and it explores their friendship a bit. And it has some kind of, it has some really dark humor. I think when I saw this, I remember commenting on Letterboxd that I had never laughed so hard at the prospect of kittens drowning, which is one of the funniest moments in, in Never Going Back where they, uh, they, they kind of leave. Uh, anyway, it's, it does, it's not funny if I explain it. Um, but it's a really good movie um, that a not, not enough people saw. The writer-directors, um, Charles Rogers and Sarah Violet Bliss, went on to create Search Party on TBS, oh, which wow. has a very right similar on. sensibility and some of the same actors. Um, so anyway, I just would like, I like plugging that movie because I think it's good. But I, I, I do think there's out. a similar sensibility here. That sounds really good. I, I've never heard of it. Um, but yeah, just I was just looking it up right now, and I see a lot of the cast I recognize from some comedy stuff. Yeah. You know, some alt comedy and all that. Um, no, that sounds like a really good movie. And yeah, it, <laughs> I'm just picturing, uh, being completely irredeemable, you know, compared to these, uh, <laughs> right, right. They're, they're definitely like, you don't root for the characters in Fort Tilda necessarily, but they're very funny and they're always like engaging to watch. And the, the people they encounter are often even worse people than them. Sure. So you kind of root for them because by comparison, yeah. Whereas in never going back, like I thought these characters were really endearing. And I don't know yeah. if you felt that way. But. Oh, yeah, I did, too. Yeah, I mean, they're messes. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you, you kind of root for them in a strange way. That's for sure. Um, okay, well, let, let's keep it with, uh, with, with, you know, idiotic duos here. <laughs> uh, let's go with Beavis and Butthead for the next puzzle piece. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm almost certain that comparison has been made before. I, yeah. I haven't actually seen it myself, but it had to have been. Um, but, you know, these girls are basically, like, female beavis and butthead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um just totally just going their way through life completely oblivious and high and just laughing at everything and everything is just a joke to them and it just just total n- people who are going nowhere. But right. but that you love to watch. Yeah. Just like I mean who didn't love Beavis and Butthead? Tell well, me you love Beavis and Butthead. Of course I love Beavis okay, and Butthead. Good. Yeah. And I think the great thing is like they're going nowhere, but they're really happy there. Yes. You know, exactly. Beavis and Butthead are like the most contented people in the world. Exactly. <laughs> Which you know what? Now that I think it's funny you put it that way. I've never thought about that before, but with Mike Judge, um, 
that's like uh, the the main character from Office Space. Like he just wants to do nothing. You know, right, <laughs> that seems right. to be a theme for him. Yeah. Um, I guess to it to a degree, some of the characters in uh, uh, Silicon Valley as well. Yeah, it's like they're just perfectly happy, just just spinning their wheels. You right. Know? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's a really good way to put it. Um, but yeah, Beavis and Butthead. These are female Beavises and Buttheads. They are. And you know, <laughs> thinking about it, Beavis and Butthead, Do America is is another kind of journey film where oh, that's they true. have this. I forget what are they trying to do in that movie. I'm trying to remember. I have no idea. But they it probably has to do with TP. I'm, ass- right. I'm assuming, but <laughs> but they do go on a a kind of long meandering journey to nowhere in yeah. that movie. Yeah. I gotta watch that again. I wonder it's, if it holds up. <laughs> I, I don't know when it was the last time I saw it, but I I, I hope that it does. I wanna I'm gonna assume that it does because yeah. I want that to be true for sure. <laughs> um. So okay. So my next piece is, and and these are maybe I, I kind of hitting some similar themes at this point. But the next thing I have is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Um. Another like Adventures in Babysitting, uh, 80s comedy. Um. About a kind of teenage screw up who decides to just go off on his own. And this is, you know, Ferris Bueller is more of a proactive, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to take this journey and his destination is just having a good time. Sure. Um, But it has that central relationship too, between him and Cameron where they're again, maybe kind of going different directions in their lives and trying to figure out how their friendship uh, fits into their future um, they encounter all sorts of crazy troubles along the way, and uh, and maybe even Jennifer Grey's character in in Ferris Bueller could be a, sure. a, a precursor of these characters in a certain way, even though she's the quote unquote responsible one. Yeah, but she ends up with uh, what is it, Charlie Sheen, the bad boy, yeah. you know, <laughs> indulges her her delinquent side. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's that's a good one for sure. It's uh, yeah, and I mean the yeah, I mean going back to the the whole into the night thing. Yeah, I mean it's. These just people that it's like just people just going out and adventuring, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) It is. It is that. And the idea of like, you just kind of inadvertently go from one thing to the next and and trust that like God will keep you safe or whatever. (laughs) Not that these are, these are not religious movies, but I can feel like somebody, people could find God in these movies maybe in a way that these these simple fools are 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 cared for. That's a pull quote right uh, there. Yeah. For, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this is a God movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. I want people to want to see it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right, but my next puzzle piece um, is a movie I haven't seen in a while. So I don't know. I could be like completely off base with this one, but thirteen. Um, I hate that movie so it. much. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I mean, you know, it again. Uh, you know, these these are just destructive characters. You know what I mean? Whereas in this, like you were saying earlier, they're they're a, a little more like you kind of root for them. Whereas in thirteen, I mean, they're just like they're they're really just on a bad path. You know what I yeah, mean? thirteen is such an alarmist movie. Yes, that it feels like even though it was written by Nikki Reed when she was like fifteen, and yeah. It's inspired by her life or whatever but it feels like a clueless parents uh idea of what it's like to be a teenager sure you know what 2003 or whatever it was whereas this seems like what it probably is right right 2018 it's not like trying to shock 
adults into being aware of what terrible things teens are into these days sure. or something. Yeah. No, this definitely comes from more of a uh more of a fun place. Yeah. Y- you know, whereas 13 is definitely more of a uh cautionary tale or whatnot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's been I saw that movie when it, I reviewed it when it came out and I haven't seen it since then, but I just remember like really really disliking that movie yeah intensely <laughs> it's a message movie <laughs> right, and that's of course the problem with it is sure that, like that's all it is yeah <laughs> um so i only have one more thing which is okay. another female friendship movie that actually i i have not seen in a while so i i maybe won't be able to go into much detail but um ghost world sure. with scarlett johansson and uh thora birch um teenage girls who are kind of outsiders uh but you know their bond is is what's the most important to them and um they encounter other weird outsiders uh as they go along and and i yeah it's been a while but i feel like there's also the tension in that movie between you know the two characters and kind of where they're going in their lives and you know whether they're going to remain friends you know forever and that's absolutely very much a, a teenager kind of thing where you assume that your friends you have at the time are going to be the friends you have for your whole life but you have to confront at some point that that may not be true absolutely you know it, that it's funny that was actually one i thought of when i left the theater and i forgot to write it down <laughs> but that's perfect i'm glad you yeah. brought it up yeah because yeah no and and i think uh it also uh, a little bit of a different generation thing um it's like you know a similar theme but for now, you know what I mean? Right. Versus that period. Right. I don't think they Ghost take World. any drugs in Ghost World, but maybe they do. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. We're, I mean, drugs are always popular, but I, <laughs> I don't know if drugs were Drugs as, never go out of style. R- yeah. Right now, drugs are just like, who, who even knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, okay. I, I have, you know what? I have three other movies, but they all go together again. Okay. An, another bucket here. And that's the A24 bucket, actually. <laughs> um, American Honey is the first one specifically, but then also a little bit of Spring Breakers and the Bling Ring. Um, uh, American Honey especially, though, because that was the first movie that I've seen that kind of put these kind of, this generation's characters on screen. Um, you know, I, I still remember like watching them like singing along to that shitty trap music in the back of the car and smoking weed and all that and like uh and it, it's it's a character that's very much now you know and so i don't i haven't seen that on screen certainly before then and this almost almost continues that those kind of characters i, I could picture um them sharing a universe almost you know what i mean um and then to a lesser degree because um you know uh what's it called uh no, I'm drawing a blow. Oh, Spring Breakers. Uh, Spring Breakers is more obviously, you know, almost magical realism. Yeah. It's like, so it's a, a little bit, you know, less so much, but still, it's like just this like crazy now thing of, of what young people are basically like. Maybe I'm just an old man just yelling <laughs> at old people right now, you know? Um, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, also, uh, also um, uh, the bling ring as well. Yeah. Uh, again, young people, a new generation of young people being insane on camera or I mean, on film, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And a 24. I mean, you know, I love these movies. Sure. Of course. <laughs> they, they, uh, they always, they do good things. Sure. Um, absolutely. I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of theirs. Did you like American honey? Um, I wasn't really a fan of American honey, honestly. No. I mean, I see what you're saying about the generational 
thing in the way that uh what's uh andrea arnold is the director i think right and, I, I believe so yeah. um you know the way that she traveled and found those people and a lot of them were non-actors and all of that yeah i felt like it's just it's so long it was and, long that was the only thing about it that makes it certainly not something you're going to want to rewatch you know what i mean yeah and it just felt like completely shapeless to me and i i felt like the the world that she found in kind of her travels mm-hmm. was really interesting but I would have rather seen like a documentary about it. I didn't feel like she <laughs> she crafted a very compelling like fiction narrative or that the characters that, that she came up with, especially like Shia LaBeouf's character. I was about to say, are you saying that Shia LaBeouf, that's not really how he lives? It's yeah, not, I mean, this isn't a documentary. I feel like we should just see a documentary <laughs> about the life of Shia LaBeouf. I that, think that, would be that is something that we need in this world. Um yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, it, it certainly is a is an interesting vision. I think that's usually what you get. Even A24, the movies that they distribute that I don't really care for generally have a, a singular point of view um, that they they find movies like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like Spring Breakers either. Yeah, I don't I don't like uh, Harmony Crean particularly. And I feel like Spring Breakers is a movie that was trying in a way, almost like 13 is trying so hard to be shocking yeah, and yeah. to like offend you that there's nothing really like to it. Yeah. Um, whereas never going back to me feels so much more natural and unforced and just fun. Yeah. It's more of just a fun movie. Absolutely. Um, you know, what? actually, as long as we're on this, uh, this little a 24 block, I might as well throw the, fl- uh, the Florida project in there too. Uh, the mom would probably be friends with these girls. I <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I see. I she'd that. be the bad friend, you know. Yes, the, the poor influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that referenced a lot, and I guess I just felt like that movie was so much darker and oh, more serious than this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess there is. There's still the sort of like the setting and the world. Yeah, and all the setting. That. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. On. Um. I will then go ahead and do the finished puzzle here. We've got Harold and Kumar. We got Kevin Smith movies, Beavis and Butthead. We've got Judd Apatow movies, Smiley Face, Adventures in Babysitting, Fort Tilden, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ghost World, uh, modern female-led raunchy comedies, 13, and then the A24 block of American Honey, Spring Breakers, Bling Ring, and Florida Project. So that is our finished puzzle for Never Going Back. Uh, Josh, you like Never Going Back, right? I like this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's like a top ten movie of the year for me nice. at this point. Um, I just thought it was. I mean, it's very funny and entertaining, and like I said, I think a mainstream audience could certainly enjoy it. But I felt like also the the central performances were really good. I really like believed these characters as people and was invested in what happened to them. I thought it had a great visual style. All of the that you kind of alluded to the the scenes of them singing along to. Uh, hip hop songs and yeah. stuff were were very well staged, and uh, the the sequence where they go in the diner when they're super stoned and they're obsessed with pancakes, <laughs> I thought was just so cleverly edited with the music coming oh, in and yeah. out. Um, so yeah, I like this movie a lot. I hope that more people find it because it's it's being uh, buried a bit. Yeah, it is, and I maybe they just in their infinite wisdom felt that this is going to do better on VOD. I mean, I. I hope it does. Definitely. I I definitely want more people to see this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of this director. Has she done anything? I was just bringing it up. It's her first feature. It's her first feature. she's done some shorts. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. You know, another thing I didn't really get to mention is the, uh, well, we kind of mentioned it about the rap songs and all that, but just the overall, the score, like the, yeah. uh, there's a lot of really great music in the movie. Um, a lot of really catchy stuff that like has been in my head since I saw it like two weeks ago. Yeah. I just can't get it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, re- really great, uh, really great soundtrack. One of the better ones this year, I think, um, as far as like songs are concerned, yeah. you know, a-, a lot of really great music. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like this movie a lot as well. Um, and I hope more people see it for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. And I don't know if it'll end up on, you know, end of year lists or whatever, but I, I, I think, you know, I, I would bet it might, it would be on mine, whether other more prominent critics will give it a boost. I don't know, but I yeah. hope they do. Let's hope so. So Josh, got anything you want to uh, plug before we wrap this up? Oh, you know, all my usual things. Uh, you can catch me on KTNV Channel 13 on uh, Fridays at uh, 11 a.m. and Sundays at 6.30 p.m. Uh, JoshBellHatesEverything.com. Follow me on Twitter at SignalBleed, uh, on Facebook at JoshBellHatesEverything, and I think that's a lot of stuff there. You, you know, it's funny, speaking of that plug... Um, we always leave our ch- our TV on Channel 13 when we turn it off. I don't know, it's just a weird little thing. Um, we almost always catch you. We just happen it. to turn the TV it's on great. at 6.30 and, oh my yes. God, Josh is on TV. That's wonderful. <laughs> I wish more people would uh, would do that. Just leave your TV on that channel all the time because you never know when I might be on. That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely true. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being here again and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off limits, from movies to politics and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh Bell about Never Going Back from A24. That, uh, Like I said, we recorded that a few months ago, and that was a bit of a blast from the past, hearing me talk about my computer problems. Uh, wow, I made it through that in 2018, didn't I? Uh, but we're back and making lots of new music, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you haven't, you should... Go watch Never Going Back because it's a great movie, and it's a shame that it didn't really get a big push in theaters, but hopefully it'll find its audience now that it's on on demand and all that. So uh, with that said, I want to thank you all again for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice, and if you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be amazing. You could also get in touch uh, on social media at PiecingPod. You could also email me directly, bydavidrosen at gmail.com. And uh, what else we got going on? Um, Actually, I got a pretty cool announcement. We're going to be sponsoring the Medusa Underground Film Fest here in Las Vegas in January. That just happened uh, 
a couple days ago, so I just wanted to mention it here on the show, but we'll be talking about this festival a lot more as we get closer. Um, hopefully be doing some uh, special episodes about some of the films that are screening there, and who knows, maybe even some more surprises. We'll see what happens, uh, but I'm really excited to be on board with that and supporting Las Vegas Film. So uh, I guess that's it for today. I'm going to leave you guys with a piece of music. And uh, what should I play? Well, you know what? Since this film had a whole bunch of that poppy indie type stuff, um, I'm going to play a track of mine that kind of has that feel. It's called Invisible, and it's from my most recent album, A Different Kind of Dream. Thanks for listening, everyone.
and All Points West. Thank you.